0: Uh, well, in tonight's Tavern Talk, we're going to talk about the past four sessions of our campaign. Ooh. We're going to highlight some of our favorite moments and twists, if we have any. We're going to dive into our characters' psyches. That'll be horrifying. Uh, we're going to have a drink with Jake. Jake, uh, do you want to give us a preview of what the name of tonight's
1: drink might be? It's called Red Mana.
0: Ooh. So we're going to we're gonna get into some Red Mana. We're going to predict our futures. Ooh. If we got time at the end, we're going to react to some of the old OG Wing Badger Gaming videos on YouTube i just looking at the i i pulled up you know my little screen capture thing for tonight and just looking at the titles i was like oh i remember some of these these were fun so i'm pretty excited about that too but before we get into any of that uh we need to have a very important word from tonight's sponsor four guys ventures and vibes
1: uh is this is oh it's on oh uh, uh, okay, uh, oh man, Whoa. the music is going Alright, um, uh, we are we, we need crowdfunding to get our- The next big thing uh, And you viewers Who are the, I guess, televibing Is this going to be on the telebot? Okay, yes, uh, Alan. you viewers at home uh, Can help us by pledging us Your hard-earned points Or digits. We are certain we'll hit our goal before time expires Because if time is going to expire We're going to extend the campaign I don't know if I understand that line. Whatever. Okay. Uh, when we hit the goal of uh, a lot. A lot of points. When the viewers donate a lot of points, Randy Mig McHale, who has been working on a lot of very interesting and very exciting items from R&D, will be able to create something new and wonderful to help us in the fight against the Abolis. Yes. Uh, we we will probably need all the help we can get. It, it Especially, like, now that I'm like bleeding internally. It's It still hurts. Uh, You get to choose what he makes. Uh, The day that we hit that point or wingle digit goal during the stream, we will present three prototypes to the chat. The viewers, the chat, the viewers, the viewers on the televibe. Okay, yes. And the viewers on the televibe will get to decide what gets created. We will supply drop it to the players. I mean, us (laughs) uh, the very same night and they'll get to use whatever cool development you funded. Uh, Yes, I believe that's well. Oh, timing was almost perfect. I guess now I'm just. Stalling. the song to start well we'll cut it right this can be edited do we have a way of editing these it's magic right hey man televibing is live uh, oh well anyway uh, we'll figure it out uh thanks goodbye
0: <laughs> fix it in post <laughs> 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 uh that was great uh chat in case you're wondering what the heck he's talking about you will see at the top of the chat there is a community point goal you can invest your hard-earned points into upgrading the powers that be against the powers that be as it were anyway just letting you know about that making sure you're aware we had someone ask in the last stream if it was going to like expire and no it won't because we're just going to keep extending it until we hit the goal uh it's just a matter of when do the players get the insane upgrades that uh randy mikhail can make for them so
2: during the boss fight that's that
0: yeah exactly during a boss <laughs> fight wait for the boss fight ignore the boons dump it all into RD. there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> T- to the moon <laughs> exactly exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you get it yeah so we the last it. time we did a tavern talk savage tempest was still with us uh ah. and and since then uh there have been four episodes we've had the one with the gangs which is where we, we made it to Gaim. We found out about Yaz's little enterprise and we sent Savage on his way to carry a message to Udral. Uh, there's the one where Savage leaves, um, which I guess is the one where he actually goes. Cause I remember now we took a while to make that plan. So the yeah. next episode we, we sent him on his way. Um, there's the one with the long verticulator ride uh, where the party kind of split and Fox found himself captured by the red Viper gang. And then there's the one with the scouts, uh, which was last week. Uh, if you're looking to catch up on any of those, they are all up on our Spotify as of this morning. So, uh, if, or everywhere, you know, everywhere you get podcasts, the winged badger gaming podcast network. yeah, Um, we're, we're, we're out there. Um, of those, of those four, like talk. I don't know. Talk to me about your your vibe. You know how how are we feeling about current events? Anything twist wise, catchy? You know what's what's. It looks like Trevor's got something to say. What you got, Trevor?
2: <laughs> uh, I was just gonna <laughs> say that I am really enjoying the story, and um, I think over the past events, I'm like really happy with what we're doing and where we're going. I think it's very interesting and dynamic. Um it kind of what do you think is making it that way um i think one the city is very is well built and designed um you know it's it's very lively with like the gang activity and then like you know the the palace being uh or the palace like district at the bottom being packed with people and having that line and it just and the, the the bar and like the neutral zone area on the top tier it's just like it all works really well together like you feel like it's it's a city you know
0: Mm. yeah for sure
1: i think um the main like event from the last few episodes that took me off guard was the, the the scout robots or as i like to call them in my head the commando droids (laughs) Um, that, (laughs) that showed up, uh, in the last episode because I think this entire time, both Alan and myself were like envisioning our, our strategy for how we're going to fight off, um, like just like an incoming army or band of bad guys, like just like, all right, the Aboleths are going to show up with like. Or maybe not the Abolis specifically, but, you know, a a, a big old squadron of bad guys was going to show up and they were going to try to march up to our front door and burn it down. But I didn't expect like, oh, like e- elite scout units are going to come and try to infiltrate and figure out what's <laughs> going on and stuff. And so as soon as it started happening, um, that's, I think, why Alan kind of flew off the handle and literally flew um, for a little bit, because it's like, this isn't something I planned for. Well, let's kill them before they can get out of here. Um, but it was like, and that's why it was so like off the cuff, like crazy, like flying by the seat of your pants kind of strategy. Because it's like, oh shoot, we I didn't, I know at least I didn't expect this at all. So, so.
3: I feel like if you think about it, I I, I mean, in retrospect, right? Because I I imagine the same thing, but like in yeah. retrospect, doesn't it seem a little childish to imagine like the enemy knows where we are? They're just gonna send an entire army to our front gates in a yeah.
2: It's not like you know. And also, like, trying to invade Gaim, like, full
1: scale, I imagine that yeah. war would not be easy. My my theory was that maybe the, they were going to try to, like, make it seem like gang activity, like, you know, send a bunch of people, but not enough to, for, for it to be, like, an invading army against Gaim, but more like, oh, man, it's crazy. Did you hear about what happened on the 10th level? Yeah, like, the, the, the gang war got out of hand, and a third gang ended up showing up, and it was crazy, you know, that sort of thing, but. Yeah, no, the, the actual stealthy infiltration makes more sense for yeah. sure in retrospect. I,
0: I gotta say, the fight scene between Radford and Allen and the constructs climbing the walls, easily my favorite fight scene in the whole story so that far. Was really cool. Just so I love vertical fight scenes, but I also feel hmm. like the way that Uh, Like there was two very different approaches to a vertical fight. And then also the way that you incorporated the environment and you gave us a little bit of a window into like, and I'm thinking this and I'm feeling this way. It just felt so dynamic and like, it, it was very anime. You know, it, it was like, so anime. It, there was a lot of anime happening in that in those yep. fights, and I I'm a hundred percent here for it. The more anime our fights become, the better. <laughs> in fact, when I sound designed that fight in the most recent episode, mm-hmm. um, I specifically like began working in some anime elements because I was like, cool. I can't picture this and not have it look like an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah. I, I just can't visualize this any other way.
1: the The challenging aspect for me, uh, for uh, that that made the fight really interesting for Alan was prioritized because i like eventually it's like i know that like i'm gonna fall and take damage so how do i keep raging so that when i fall it'll be half damage so like right. doing things to intentionally take damage every turn was really funny like because it's like okay alan has to keep raging in, in the long run so i have to like stick my head in his <laughs> leg socket so i get shocked a little bit like stuff like that was like fun
0: yeah also hi grubbug hi grubbug mm, uh got Hello. grubbug in the chat there um yeah, love that fight. Um, lots of fun. Fox having some interesting developments as far as his relationship with Shadow Walker. I feel like yes. there's something something fun happening there.
3: <laughs> I, it's definitely something's going on. I, I, I a- definitely see Name a what? Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something's going on. Yeah. Um I will say with Shadow Walker, I definitely feel like uh, Obviously, Shadow Walker was born to be bad to the bone, all right? Born to kill. And I'm like, I don't want to commit mass genocide. So we have <laughs> to find a middle ground. And I, f- I feel like we're in that point right now, Like, right? I, I do got to say I'm surprised how much that Shadow Walker is like willing to be reasonable. It's not a lot, mind you. <laughs> but willing to be somewhat reasonable.
0: I, I think it's really funny because... Sort of the last chunk of story, I feel like overall the internal dialogue revolved a lot around the party confronting the morality of being killing machines. Mm -hmm. And, like, consequences for our actions and what do we leave behind and what does our legacy look like? And we kind of saw it externally through the company reputation and how people would treat Four Guys Ventures and Vibes. But really, it was an internal story about adventurers who were like, okay, but when I'm not in, like, the dragon's lair trying to slay the dragon, like, my actions have consequences beyond me. And it's really interesting to me now to watch an interaction Ooh. between basically four people who have had that journey and someone who stoically refuses to engage in that journey, <laughs> which is shadow Walker. <laughs> who's just like the glory Ooh. of combat behold, like he's just all about it. And so it's really fun for me to watch Fox who like try and like talk him off the edge. Basically, you know,
3: let's <laughs> well, not murder I- hobo yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not-
0: it's, it's a little bit like, like, you know, we're waiting for Fox to snap and suddenly the two of them together become unstoppable, but also like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a very interesting dynamic and I have a lot of fun watching it play out.
1: I like that. Also, you know, people might've noticed that in this whole conversation, both, uh, Matt and Josh have been referring to shadow Walker as a character, like as a a character. (laughs) Um, and I think that's great because I think when shadow Walker was first introduced, I think Shadow Walker was more of a bit, and it was great. It was a fun bit, and it was great. But I think it's cool that post-injury, Shadow Walker has become what seems like maybe an instrumental character in whatever uh, Fox's new character arc is, and I think that's really cool. I will say,
3: I feel kind of bad. Why? Um, I feel like partially, I didn't use Shadow Walker a lot, Mm. Um, even though you promised <laughs> just, well, I, I mean like initially when I first got Shadow Walker, right? I'm looking back and I'm like, I man, I, I didn't use them a lot when I could have. Mm-hmm. Um
0: boxes like saves an avatar attunes to an incredibly overpowered sword never uses it.
1: <laughs> I think there's explain. another item that's in our repertoire that may have also been getting a similar treatment, and I'd love to hear Trevor's thoughts on the fact that Zoth's <laughs> rod hasn't seen any action ever what at all. What do you mean? It's using its magic... That's a passive ability! That's like playing an Overwatch character for their passive and never exactly. using any of their actual abilities. Um, that's I, the worst game uh, strategy ever.
2: I just... I don't find the situation's applicable to use its ability. Honestly speaking, he's he's suffering from the hoarding
3: mentality of (laughs) I have five health potions. No, it's not even that. I might need Um, them.
2: Hold on. I
3: I've considered.
0: I've I've actually considered like you know the longer that Zoth waits, perhaps the more influence the rod begins to try and exert on him, like almost like a beast that needs to be tamed, kind of a thing. Because he didn't Um. like you know win his attunement, basically. Um, but I think that what it has exposed to me is that Trevor, the player, perhaps doesn't know any of the wisdom skills in D&D, like never thinks to use them because there there's a whole bunch of wisdom based well- skills that you could be.
2: Yeah, there are. I think like because I get to so the so the two things are make it make any wisdom roll with advantage three times a day. That that is kind of like Matt, where I'm just like saving it. And I also have a plus nine to a lot of my wisdom rolls, plus nine or plus seven, and so. And that's
1: great just literally on your three first yeah. three wisdom rolls of the day that's just fair. use
2: it it's fine
1: yeah, <laughs> you know what go for
3: it yeah i want to see the wisdom rolls come out of the okay. right off the bat the, out the
2: wazoo the other I... <laughs> the other part of it study a creature once per lunar cycle uh if you study that's a once a month yeah if you study a creature for one round you get their current vibe if you study them for a minute you get their current goal and if you study them for two minutes you get one interest and one concern and it's kind of hard to do when we're in like a combat
1: situation yes, that's true Wait, i'm I'm interested to see a narrative opportunity for that open up and maybe they already I, have like been, i've been
2: looking i just haven't felt I, I, like
1: you were
0: you, you were you I'm were sorry. trying to convince wigbert to let you meet with the queen i was about to say
1: <laughs> oh that would have been interesting literally any
0: social interaction so knowing those things maybe it's because you have you we haven't like made a mechanical equivalent for what a vibe means Maybe, but like Maybe. Maybe knowing it's just those unclear. things, knowing those things, it's like a, it's like the insight skill on steroids, okay. which is also like the, the, I'm, you've activated my personal soapbox. Yeah, insight, no, I think, is one of the most underutilized skills in D and D five, not specifically by you, I think by yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um. But because you can use insight to learn so much more than is somebody lying, which is what everyone thinks insight means. Yeah. Sure. Um. But you can use insight to figure out why somebody is behaving a certain way. So when you get Mm. into a scenario where someone's acting weird, you could figure out, does it seem like a medical issue? Does it seem like they're being bribed? Does it seem you could use insight to determine the um, underlying integrity of something that you see with perception? So if Fox identifies a trap, he could use insight to try and figure out who would have set the trap or why all of these are insight based skills that, you know, there have been a lot of opportunities especially in, uh, I see that grub bug. all turn me up. Um, there've been a lot of opportunities where it's like, you know, this was a tough situation. If only we had had a little more insight to check I it see. out, you know?
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'll, I'll definitely hmm. have to be more conscious about that. I also think once per lunar cycle, it's hard to like gauge.
0: Wash just asked me, has it been a lunar cycle yet?
2: Since I got it when, when Jeb
0: was doing it. Like no, I mean like he would use the ability. He used his, his was the kingly question. Yeah. Um. But he would he would use the ability and then just check in with me from time to time.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean I want within first five minutes of next session, three wisdom, <laughs> wisdom rolls, and study somebody. And study somebody. And study somebody. <laughs> That's my homework. Okay.
0: Sorry, chat. I uh, I have identified why my audio is quiet. When I switch this, it's probably gonna become super loud. It's yeah, so already so peaking. I'm you're, sorry, I'm gonna turn it down right again. Now. Yeah.
2: Peaking. Um but yeah, I, I, I know I have been sort of peaking. sleeping on it. Not not letter. to pile. Okay. It was just oh, no, no, a funny no, no, thing like
1: when when Shadow Walker yeah. came up. <laughs> no, it's, well, um, it's
2: important. I need to like be more more aware of like when I can ask for like insight and other roles and everything. Yeah. To be fair,
0: just checking in, chat. Am I am I too loud now, or am I just loud enough? Not like how how are we doing on me? Because I just got way. I can see the meter is like almost so, in the red.
3: To be fair, I, I think going back, if we're just gonna turn this into how can we be better players, right? I know for me, it's I don't use a lot of my like I have an entire armory, not armory, I guess tool set. Mm -hmm. And I'm only using part of it, the part of it that I feel comfortable using reactively when I have a lot more just like things at my disposal. Like Shadow Walker is one of those that I wasn't using nearly as often as I probably could have been and probably should have been. Yeah. Um another one being um that that armband. Yeah. The Morbius uh, strip. Yeah. Like I could just be <laughs> doing I could be going ham. You could have been morbid all over the place. I could have been morbid, <laughs> morbid. All over the place. PB <laughs> morbid. Yeah. Um and stuff like that. I know yeah. Wash Wash has caught me a couple times and been like, yo, you know you have this, or like I've been listening yeah. back. You have these things. And so keeping a better idea of what I have in the moment yeah, and yeah. knowing when to use them. So, yeah, can we turn this on to you, Jake? How, how can we... Well, you're a te- bad player. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I
1: suck. Uh,
0: I don't think any of you are bad players. No, no I don't think clear. that either. Oh, no, no um,
1: definitely not. The, uh, the thing with, like, a lot of the things that maybe Alan has at his disposal right now that he isn't using is uh, Jeb's stuff because for the moment right now he hasn't had time to like sit and work with it also there still is that little glimmer of hope and i guess i would love to talk to you guys and it's too bad that watch isn't here to talk about it but i'd love to talk to you guys about like all right after we get um laredith safe in gaim we talked about our next step being trying to save jeb what does that even look like
2: oh you know that's what, what i mean that's kind of what zoth was gonna gonna confront alan about is like we have like right. a solid lead to go after. I think that would be more productive and useful than like. And
1: that like, wouldn't even be confronting Alan. That would just be Alan being like, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. Like I I, I, I think I think Fox would be the one that needs to be convinced. Like like,
2: like Zo- or uh, the, the way I see it is like, by just doing the things we need to do in order to stop the Avalis, we will get closer to Jeb inherently. Whereas if Alan we spe- agrees out. Alan agrees with
1: that. He just hasn't said that out loud because Fox was so like like okay, talking about character motivations now. Yeah. Alan didn't say that because he felt like Fox was so sensitive about it. Um Ooh. but that's Ooh. what that's Juicy. but not not in like a not in a bad way, but just in a okay, even though I think this, I'm gonna let this be quiet for now. Um he's yeah. sleeping drama. on it.
0: Here's the thing that I love. I love when there is uh narratively motivated within the party conflict that is not pvp fighting yeah i think that's such a good story yeah when yeah. you have dynamic characters who actually want things and feel things and they conflict because of that i mean yeah. mm-hmm. a party is
3: like a small family right and, and I, maybe you're raised in some barbaric place but <laughs> most families like when they get an argument they don't immediately result to beating out of each other,
4: <laughs>
3: you know, and they use words and sometimes they get angry and they walk away or, or sometimes they might lash out, but you know, yeah, yeah. And they work through it. But well, yeah, not.
1: that'll be interesting. But right now, Alan has been holding off on using any of Jeb's things, whether it's the rod or the two gu- like magical firearms. And I believe he will... My, my plan has been he will hold off from using them until there's some sort of event that confirms that, like, Jeb is gone. So, like, whether that's trying to rescue him and failing or, uh, like, trying to or, like, going to the next lead and um, kind of, like, not not encountering Jeb or encountering, encountering Jeb in an extremely negative way, which ends in some sort of finality um, to that. But he won't be he won't be trying to mess with that stuff until something like that happens, kind of out of respect. Is this, I'm gonna this be was, honest. Almost
0: all Jeb stuff requires attunement, so like yeah, it's a process to get. You know,
1: it's a whole and that will be a if that ever happens, which maybe it will, maybe it won't. I think it's very up in the air. But if that process has to happen, it will be like that attuning process will also be a morning process. Like it'll be intense for sure. What's-
0: What's crazy about it is that Jeb is already unattuned. Like, if you're more than a mile away from something you're attuned to for 24 hours, Mm. you just lose it. So, all that stuff is just sort of floating out there in the ether, like, waiting for a new leader or the old leader to come back. Um, But it still would be, like, you would still have to go through the process. So, it's like Jeb's already lost from it. So, it's almost like Owlin is, like, preserving Jeb in his you know, unwillingness to touch it.
2: This is Jake's clever way to prep us for when he forgets about Jeb's stuff and
1: doesn't use it. (laughs) No, it's all written in my inventory. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) It has its own section. It's called Jeb's stuff. Uh,
0: This is an interesting um, situation because it sounds like uh, we're all feeling the same tension, which is like, how do I stay aware of what's in my inventory and not, not waste it when it's um, available to me. I don't know if you've considered trying this. I have found in the past that um, just getting index cards and writing the name of the I- items in my inventory on them is enough. Hmm. Um, Sorry.
3: Know, the, what's what's up? I thought you were going to be like, maybe you haven't tried this, um, taking notes and paying attention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I was not about to like roast you. I was just going to say because oh, I, I was a player um, just before COVID and I'm usually not, I'm like a perennial DM. Right. And Mm -hmm. it was so hard for me to play the game without notes. And I, especially like items for some reason, I just could Mm -hmm. not keep them straight. And I found that like, well, if I, I didn't even have to write what they all did. It was just being able to fan them out in front of me, especially during like combat or like fast paced social encounters. And like, ah, here are the things I have available. And I could like, you know, tangibly pick them up. And I don't know. It just kind of helped. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. For me, it's
1: not as much items in my inventory. It's more like balancing because uh, Barbarian and Artificer is such a weird combination that is kind of by some mechanics not meant to be a combination. It's balancing. Like, for example, Alan has a bunch of spells that he doesn't use because it's often more convenient to rage and you can't cast cast spells while you're raging. And that's like tough. Like, I feel like. I often will think of creative uses for the artificer type abilities like like the you know, the tinkering and whatnot and creating small magical items and things like that. Um, But when it comes to spell casting, when I first gained spells, I would use them. And maybe it's because maybe I need to, after a long rest, actually switch to not combative spells. Maybe that's the key. Um, Mm. But the thing is, a lot of artificer spells are combative spells. But maybe that's the key, because in combat when Al- alan still is the tank and alan not raging and then using magic often kind of it works against that the solution the middleman is him now having his little uh arcane uh cannon that he can use his eldritch cannon um which is basically casts a spell yeah. uh, but it's 15 foot <laughs> cone of fire but
0: yeah. so i go oh, go ahead I was just gonna say that I wonder if that's an interesting. We talked in the last tavern talk that maybe Alan's kind of personal arc that he's on right now is being willing to step into a leadership role. Yeah. And I wonder if stepping part of like maybe even the hardest part of that for him, at least externally, is learning to not always be on the front line. Like sometimes the leader has to delegate or recruit or like you know maybe that's Mm. what it looks like. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's an interesting idea. I was just gonna.
3: (laughs) give a bit i'm waiting for when alan uh makes a giant horse so we can like (laughs) trojan army somebody (laughs) but the horse actually moves so we're like we have this gift it's a statue of a horse and then all of a sudden we're like psych it moves psych we're inside of it psych (laughs) L plus ratio. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) they gave us a wooden aboleth as a gift.
1: (laughs) The aboleths are like,
0: wow, they made a a cool wooden version of us. A monument
3: to our conquest. (laughs) How did they know we're so narcissistic?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What gave it away? (laughs) Yeah, with a sign that says "Do not cover in slime" on it. That's really interesting.
0: I was gonna pivot, so if there's more no, on this, no, that, that's I
1: was fine. gonna no.
2: say if you want to learn how to use spells creatively, become a pacifist. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That well,
0: was kind really of pass, pass up that interesting. fist, you know? Yeah. What do you think Zoth's current like journey and arc is?
2: I think it's it's sort of circling back where, at first, he was like too afraid to fight, and he needed to like sort of stand up for 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 himself, for his party, and for his team, and and step up and just do it. And now now we're in like like we've been in civilization and everything. It's sort of like the realization like coming back to like these are people and like he did, still doesn't want to cause harm as much as possible. And so um it was it was good or like the the way he's still built is trying to keep the peace as much as possible even though he's willing to to do it. So I think like his current arc is like one um just finding peace at all possible corners and outlets and just just giving him that feeling of like he's doing right um and then also uh i haven't been doing it much as a player and i think i should be doing it more but like trying to uh reconnect with um uh kelnor Mm. And like being more more religious as in a sense gotta vibe um, harder <laughs> or,
0: I, or, I think I would probably have thought he was either a druid or a paladin based yeah. on like his recent play, not a cleric so I can see what you mean
2: and and it like I, I was reminded when like wash was playing and it like it came up like legit holy text came up and stuff and I'm like, oh, I should be like referencing this more and like doing more religious style things and i just think that's just sort of fallen to the wayside for me just Mm. because i'm more focused on like the task at hand
1: um Uh, how how would you say hmm. that like or maybe this is the the wider question is do you think the close call and the conflict that zoth experienced in attuning with his rod do you think that's playing into this arc at all or like, how has that affected him? I know that that's a while ago. That's several episodes episodes ago. But I just yeah, like think it was think a very interesting turn for his character.
2: It it definitely was. I think he hasn't like we've had time, but I don't think he's fully processed everything that's that's happened about it. Um, just because he's like primarily focused on this this grand quest we're on, you know. Because, mm-hmm. and and I guess that's part of it too. Is that you know, we started this quest because he were he was given these visions from Kelenor, so he feels very connected to the quest itself because it, he feels like his god set, chose him and sent him on this when, like, no one else is able to contact him. Hmm. And so hmm. he does feel connected in that sense. I just haven't done a great job of, like, really displaying and showing that aspect of him, even though it is there.
0: Hmm. So how would how would that get changed like what would you do differently?
2: um I think he could have like you know like a daily prayer kind of thing or like not prayer but like maybe reading or a ritual of some kind uh just to show his faith um maybe reference the legit holy text more like just come up with random passages and stuff I think I- that would be fun.
3: I feel like you might want to be careful with that. You wouldn't yeah. want to lean into it so hard that it becomes no. off as like a, like a retcon. You know, definitely
2: not. I I don't want to do that. Uh, but I know, like with Wash's with Wash's character, you know, it it came up pretty organically, and it, it just got me thinking, like like maybe yeah. they'll they'll connect more. Mm, yeah, um, I wonder if that's be a an good interesting.
1: For that.
0: I wonder if that's an interesting way for you to take on the like Zoth processing the Rod thing like radford wasn't there yeah. so even like a lot of the players or i guess zoth maybe hasn't talked to him about it but like alan doesn't remember the judgment that he passed on zoth and the rod or anything like that but maybe there's still some kind of like weird like baggage in the air there that isn't there with radford and so maybe zoth like can find an opportunity to like hey radford like yeah. you know can i talk to you for like a couple minutes or whatever and like maybe that's a way that you can start to play into that Definitely. processing because i feel like from a uh collaborative perspective like it's really hard for us as like collaborative storytellers to do the layups until zoth has like personally made the decision to like face down the obstacle of course you know what i mean yeah um and so i i feel like if we get that starting point i think it'll all like kind of grow from there and become so i think there's a really cool story here for sure to explore and so that's why i'm kind of like man i'd love to see that And maybe Radford is, like, the right outlet. I hadn't thought about that until you brought it up. That's a great point, Trevor.
2: Yeah, that happened last... I think it was last session or two sessions ago when we were talking. I think it was last session. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, like, oh, Radford and Zoth would, like, really have a good chat once we get some... We also haven't had a lot of one-on-ones in recent sessions, like, really deep emotional conversations. I
1: I really liked the verticulator ride as far as learning more about Radford and, like, what Radford brings to the table especially for alan because of course alan you know radford was sent to seek out alan which is like you know oh my character's special like uh, (laughs) um (laughs) but uh alan specifically like and my myself as a player really liked that but i agree there hasn't been and and i think those things come up organically weirdly enough when we do the thing that no one ever recommends which is split up the party yeah um and i'm sure more of that will come Soon, but like yeah. you know some of those moments like uh like jeb and fox bonding you know in uh uh wherever that that big other big city we were in yeah. um Udril, you yes. know and and like those moments i think more of those will come but you're right there's been a few been a couple episodes since we've had those
3: um Wow, I was gonna add on to that really beautifully, and like I had this really great thing to say, and my brain's just like, uh, uh,
1: mm, mm. You're about just to speak. White it. noise in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I believe you. I believe you had something in your brain there. To, <laughs> take 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 a
0: minute, let it sit. Like, don't let I, me cook. I don't feel let any cook. need to rush this. Yeah, so. yeah <laughs> let it cook. Let me cook. Let it cook. cook. <laughs> let me cook. That's a that's a good new
1: ism. I like it. Uh, no, that's like not a, a new ism. It's not. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> sorry. Uh,
0: think of it more as like on stream ism. We haven't done that as a group. Like we did large for a while and we did whatever. Oh, sure. I don't sure. think we've Huge. done Let It Cook on stream.
1: You we've know? had, we've had, well, I think the, I think the bits have been more in the camp, like within the campaign, like key lime pie, yeah. Yeah. like, you know, like things like that. But yeah, I get your sense. Grubs and
0: mugs. We haven't yeah. been to one of those in a while. There's That's only true. one. Yeah. When's the next one? There's not only one. We've we've seen three. Have we? In the yeah, we've seen at least three in the story. Wow. I, I'm leaving I a bad customer review
3: on Zoth yeah, for not is, remembering. This is
0: not bestie behavior. I know. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I think it's interesting. Okay, this is getting into like some like meta like talking about how D and D works and storytelling. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Josh makes a good point. That like we did used to have more like bits or inside jokes when we did more like gaming content, but I think that may uh, that makes sense and it may be an okay thing and not that we shouldn't do bits and whatever. But I think that especially listening back to old episodes, there was a an, there was a time around the Leap of Faith episode, maybe a few episodes after that. Where I think we like all got really invested in a good way in the story of this whole thing And so when jokes and bits come up It's more like they organically come up in the storytelling and not as much like we just say large all the time All right, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like which which is fine I have, bits a, yeah. have
0: evolved <laughs> I have some yeah.
1: good advice for people listening in chat right now.
3: Okay, oh, if you're if you're listening the... right now, this is Look at me all write right? this down Listen, every time you hear one of us say right about that episode where we fell a mile or any other time we reference that point in time, invest $50 into a stock of your choice, you'll be a
1: millionaire (laughs) before the end of the year. This is financial advice. Listen to us. Yeah, yeah. no, this, uh, We're uh, this this is licensed legally...
0: financiologists. <laughs> don't worry about you this having all... the,
2: the, the disposable money to invest. Just Guys, do it. I, I don't know if we could do that
3: sarcastically.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is not legal well, advice. This is not financial there's advice. There's a bit. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's <laughs> a bit. Bit. Um, um, but speaking... I think it
0: also... Oh, go, Josh. I just I was gonna say I think it also is a a good sign that we have less of those sort of like silly gamer bits because it's a sign to me that we're spending more time as the character yeah. and less time playing the character, and I think yeah. that's always a win at a at a d and d table,
2: yeah, yeah win, I was gonna say also, I way. think like carrying over from from your point, Jake of us taking it more seriously, like we definitely got more invested, the story is feeling more like the stakes are getting higher, it feels like. And yeah. the time pressure, like even though it's like to be de- or like undetermined for us specifically, since we don't know. Obviously, I'm sure Josh has it in his head, but um, that like there is this pressure of we need to do things because we're on a on a timeline. Like the Abilis no thing, so we have to get all of this done. So there isn't yeah. as much time to just like goof around and just sh- hooligan.
3: I will say uh, every time every time you say it's like it's got to be in Josh's head. I imagine like the mental image is that Josh has never written any of this down, (laughs) and and he's just. He's literally just like in
1: his head. He's like, mm-hmm. that would be insane because they're listening back through old episodes. Once again, there are so many little bits that I go, how did we not know? How did we not figure it out? Where it's like, well, of course, it's actually been like very consistent storytelling in some ways. And in a, this is a great this is a compliment. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like watching some early like mcu stuff and then see how some like little thing pays off later in like avengers infinity war even though it was set up in such and such movie whatever mm-hmm. like that stuff is is really fun and cool and i think there's been a lot of that in, in this campaign head. that's hard to catch uh, but, yeah and that'd be insane <laughs> if josh just kept that all in his head because that means memory. his memory is is insane
0: yeah. that's why i can't find my keys all yeah.
1: is in here
2: dnd <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's filled brain filled
0: Oh. Uh, one of the one of my sort of more recent fears slash insecurities as a gm is that i'm like i'm running out of places for the stakes to go like yeah. ah we're, it we're is like it Actu, is world ending and stakes the stakes right are now. doing this and at some point it's like well how many more of the world can we have to save like yeah. <laughs> you know we, we're already on the global scale here
1: that, well um, then it's like well, and plus, it's not even just global. it's like and then the Apples probably like you could reasonably assume want to conquer all the planes. Right. So like, you know even yeah. then you can kind of go like, well, everything's in the balance right now. Well, which is also that's that's sometimes that's the mark uh, like or at least in my experience, the most memorable d d campaign, the two most memorable D and d campaigns that I did, one in like junior high and one in high school. And then this one, obviously, but so then three, the three most memorable <laughs> D&D campaigns I've done were world ending stakes. Yeah. Like the first two were like Same. ancient demon re re, you know, coming back from, from hell and do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like this is very similar, and I think that's fun. Sometimes I feel that's like, you're like how do you do like a
0: fantasy math go. improv game? Like if you're not saving the world, what are you doing? You know, exactly. Like, every now and then, like the one shot or whatever in the town can be fun. But I like yeah. I live for those Lord of the Rings worldwide yeah. kind yeah. of stakes.
3: I I think one thing right I, I want to add to this is the way we're telling this narrative right is I, I don't think you necessarily need to raise the no. stakes. I think we need we're right now on that hill right we're doing the hilly kind of thing of where like okay we're reminded of the stakes and we interface with it but then we move back down into a lull of like now we're focusing on a smaller objective right uh, that works towards the big stakes but that objective itself has slightly smaller stakes and then bam we have like a little climatic moment of like okay we're reminded mm-hmm. of the big stakes again um, and, I, and I think riding into we're like I don't know we're unless we're going into space I I, I don't <laughs> think
1: <laughs> it it reminds me of Avatar the Last Airbender in some ways where the stakes for Avatar the Last Airbender throughout all three seasons is the same they know yeah. that the Fire Nation is going to try on Susan's comet to to take Spoilers over the world
0: for Avatar the Last Airbender <laughs> what sorry. sorry. I just said spoiler alert for Avatar so oh, yeah, well
1: okay. But well no, that's revealed in like the fourth episode. Anyway. Uh <laughs> revealed in the intro, basically. Yeah. Uh the uh but but the thing is each season the stakes get more immediate. So yeah. like in season one, we need to teach Aang waterbending, um, or we need to figure you know, in our case, we need to figure out what's going on underneath Tumbleweb. Like the, uh, the, the, the and most
2: then, present stake in season one is like Zuko chasing them.
1: Yeah. And then season two, it's like, okay, I need to learn earthbending and firebending, and I need to, like, start uniting the nations. And, like, that's the season two stakes. And then in se- and for us, like, that's kind of more like, all right, we need to start gathering up these avatars and these rods. And then for season three of Avatar The Last Airbender, it's, okay, we have, like, this one shot... Before the comet to stop them and then it's all over and we have to and if this doesn't work We're just gonna have to make a last-ditch stand at the end and like for us that might be okay We've gathered up all the avatars and the rods and now we need to make our offensive and if this offensive doesn't work then Yeah, then like it's the gonna mean bad ritual. things. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So. okay
3: not to put ideas into the DM's head uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, DMS um, Brain, brain, function, please. No, awesome thought. (laughs) Your brain's like, you said you weren't going to do it. I won't let you. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, all right, hear me out. We hit a climatic moment towards the end, right? Where we don't have everything yeah and in fact it's made very obvious if we try to get everything we most likely will not succeed in getting there in time like like it's conflicting Uh, agendas of like either we get there in time or we get everything but we can't do both i see and and maybe we have to figure out a third way or maybe we just got to wing it and figure something else out. Or well, I don't you know. We got to
1: wing it, wing it, wing, badger it, game yeah. it for
2: sure.
3: Yeah. You know, when you're like the, the world is ending and you're just like, I, I don't got a plan. So I guess I'll just show up and we'll figure it out.
2: <laughs> That's K.
0: This yeah. basically. This is a little bit the way that I have tried to make the stakes feel real is I have tried to present you with like real choices throughout the story where it's like we can do this, but we will lose on this other, you know, like you've got multiple resources to manage because you have multiple things to achieve before you can do the cataclysmic ritual. So it's like every minute we're not pursuing an avatar, we leave our home base open to attack and we leave the rods out there for maybe the bad guys to find and and vice versa, you know, whatever you're. Which is, which
1: is part of why Alan might have a conversation with Zoth leading up to like once we meet with the Queen of like, hey, go ahead and give Queen advice on what you've learned about this thing, but we don't have time to stick around here and like help them figure out whatever this extra planar energy is. We just gotta go. Like we gotta yeah. go probably to uh, to do Bumblefoot is probably what Alan's gonna recommend. But yeah.
0: what What has intrigued me the most as I've looked forwards and tried to figure out what's coming is I'm really excited to watch the players try and or I guess to watch the characters, I should say, try and navigate the numerous available ways to finish quests. Like it's one thing mm. to be in the middle of the quest and it's another thing to know, like I could complete this piece of what I need, but at what cost. Yeah, And, and so I've been really excited to kind of, See us push, and I feel like we're we're kind of right on the cusp of a whole different type of story right now, where it's like this is the first time that you have potentially had some kind of war or battle come to a town you're still in. Right? Yeah. We were in Udral while Udra was on the cusp of war, but it was at the borders. We were going through Fladena while the gang, um, the the Summit Banking Guild and their mercenaries were moving through and they were sort of in like racketeering basically. But it again, it wasn't like a direct, there wasn't a, it, the breaking point hadn't been hit yet where that civilization rose up yeah. against them. Maybe and this now, is our
1: two towers, this is our Helm's Deep moment. Exactly, where oh, it's like hmm. you're in,
0: and not only that, it would mean that Unlike taking the fight to the aboleths where it's like, yeah, everyone in this facility is a villain. Like now the collateral damage has very far reaching consequences because if you are to unite the the nations to use your avatar analogy, like if you're supposed to bring all the avatars together and whatever, like your reputation will precede you because that is a legendary level achievement. So just in doing that achievement, a reputation grows and follows you. And if you're not taking it by the reins, it's just doing its own thing. And like, how does that factor into what the players and the characters decide to do? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just think it's going to be really interesting. I feel like Gaim is a turning point in maybe the darkness of the tone, but also in like the way the players take responsibility for their actions. Like now we've learned they matter. Now it's like, okay, how are we going to handle that responsibility? Yeah.
1: That's an interesting idea of like our characters starting to like have like, cause we've had four guys, adventures and vibe reputation as like a factor and like sort of a mechanic. Right. But, um, our characters specifically like in this, like and Alan has sort of kicked that off a little bit with saying, Hey, we have Laredith here. We need to talk to the queen. Um, I think, uh, seeing that evolve would be interesting, especially, like, Alan's thing that he's going to want to prioritize after do is probably fixing the airship to go find Kay, because that, and not maybe, maybe somewhat selfishly, because that interests him, like, that's, like, that's a project that can, that's, that's a challenge, yeah. um, And, like, where that kind of goes from there will be interesting. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like
0: there's the potential for a really interesting, like, Owlin as Iron Man, Zothkug as Captain America kind (laughs) of Civil War thing in the party there. That would be
2: crazy. Zothkug would be very interested in finding K, too. That's true.
3: I do want to say, um, first of all, if there's any character conflict coming up immediately, I I can guarantee you it's Fox. Fox will not let go of Jeb. No. Um, But secondly, uh, I was going to say that the whole idea right you're bringing up gaim is this turning point it feels like we've been scooby doing it <laughs> for the longest time right like we show up somewhere we have our mystery we figure it out and we get the f out right and our wait before going to gaim that was our la- that was our first time of having like consequences that are sticked. you know jeb's gone right mm-hmm. um and now maybe gaim's where it finally catches up to us Where like, instead of seeking going to places and seeking out the problems and stuff, the problem comes to us and says, (laughs) knock, knock, goodbye (laughs) and tries to, you know, take us out where we stand. Uh, Yeah.
0: And also maybe this is this is a chance for the characters to face up to the fact that like maybe maybe four guys isn't enough guys. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know Ooh. it's one thing to like have dungeon delvers who are helping you build up capital so that you can have cool gadgets but like at what point do you face the size of your quest and decide like hey maybe we need to split the party on a grander scale like maybe we need to send fox to do something with that, 3 low level yeah. delvers and maybe we need to send owlin to go and fix that like i don't know i am appreciate- what is that I like. haven't
1: spoken it out loud, but I totally was thinking about that when it comes to fixing the airship and that sort of thing. Where it's like, okay, who needs to be there for that? Mostly, Alan. Do we have other things time wise we should prioritize as well? Yeah. So
3: okay, I understand that. Like that, reasonably makes sense, right? But what do we do with that mechanically? And well, let's D&D be honest, players? as D and D players, like. I mean, it would be insane to have you jump between solo, you know, missions at a time. We could do a time skip kind of thing where like we set out on our missions and maybe this is maybe after we have a climatic
1: seasons two and three. Right.
3: Maybe we have a climatic moment here in Gaim and then we go our separate ways um, to do separate objectives. Um, Spoiler alert i i I, as as as, since we're talking about this right um i fox with or without anybody is going back that is i i I think at this point without compromising his character that is what he's building to so unless you make like the best damn argument you you can make that's 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 right now in his head this this whole thing we're doing here in gaim this is the compromise of, all right, well, yes, this is important. We got to do this now. And I need a leg. And I need a, yeah, I need a leg. Once compromise over, get back to the true mission, which is in his head right now, getting Jeb back. Mm. So uh,
0: so you ask the question logistically, like how do we handle that from like the meta standpoint? The way we handle that is you use more than four guys And we come up with like slightly lower level adventuring parties to be led by a primary character. So Fox would go and he would bring with him three, four guys, employees who would be played by the other players. And then, you know, Alan or Alan and Zoth, like it can be paired off however it wants Hmm. to be. But like whatever, whatever role a player is not fulfilling, we would fill that role with um, like lackeys basically
2: that, or that, That's a really lackeys. fun actually yeah. Yeah. And We get and to I, like try new characters too.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking is I love the idea of exploring the other classes and mm-hmm. I also love the idea of meeting and caring about more characters like I only have so many accents like at some point <laughs> yeah. you know we're gonna run out of NPCs to be memorable and fall in love with I, I cheated a little bit in bringing Clara into the story. Um, and I think she's more memorable than any NPC I've played <laughs> because it's a different personality than the DM. And so I feel like- That was so much fun. Bringing those, you know, if if you were to play hirelings, you know, maybe Alan takes with him specifically some of Randy's guys where it's like yeah. Randy's got, you know, these people he was training for the R&D department. He sends them off with Alan. Yeah. And and so then we get a chance to like meet these other teams. Um, and it also broadens mm. the pool to like when we do grand scale things. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you into the mind of the DM here for a little bit. Okay. And don't worry, we're, we're not going to open that door that says notes on the Wing Badger Gaming campaign. Aww. In it. Um, <laughs> but the next door down the hall is cool ideas for fun d things. And that door we're going to open because I have this thing and I've tried it a bunch of different ways in past campaigns. But I really love the large scale battle for Helm's Deep type thing but I like playing it in a way where we can zoom in and out again. And I feel like one way we could achieve that is in one of those large scale conflicts. Um, I don't, you know, the game is going to be too soon for that because the players already there and it's kind of already happening. But, you know, let's say we go some other, you know, maybe you go back to Udril and you try and help Udral defend itself. If you got there and each of the primary characters had like a unit they commanded. And so we could zoom in and out on each unit and what they were achieving and give each player a chance to shine in that way, and then they can maybe trade off, or they interact with each other. Like, if Fox's unit can sabotage the Ballista, then Owlin's unit can smash through the wall, and then Zothkug's unit will have a totally clear field for them to cast Summon to bring in the Celestial Beings, and like, and you can watch way cooler things play out that depend on each other. And so each yeah. session is just like, what's the first domino that has to fall? Well, that one starts with Fox doing some sabotage, so we start with Fox's group. Um, yeah, I see. So I think from a from a logistical standpoint, like I've been wanting to manage this kind of chaos for a long time. So if you guys decided to do that, I'm not going to force anything on the table. But if you decided as players to do that, I would be all about it. I would I'm totally really, support your decision. That's a cool I'm,
1: idea. I'm really intrigued about how it's going to play out, and I, I'm not not I don't want to even put put predictions on it yet. I'm just I'm really intrigued by this upcoming conflict, like character conflict between Fox wanting to go back for Jeb and it sounds like Zoth and Alan being like I think the best strat is to keep moving, find Dual Bumblefoot and hopefully something leading to Jeb will be there um, cause (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I just said I wasn't going to try to predict how it's going to play out. And then, I, like, I of course, <laughs> your, my your brain's instinct brain, yeah. is yeah. to do that. So I'm going to stop saying stuff there. But I that's going piv- to be interesting.
0: I'll, I'll pivot our topic so that we don't yeah. we don't predict too much before. I really want to watch that roundtable play out with Wash there and in-character. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I don't want us to put too much onto, onto that particular conversation. Let's change what we're predicting. How about we focus on Gaim? What is the expectation from the Aboleths? Like what do we think the scouts mean? Are the scouts it? Are the scouts ahead of a large scale force? What what are you interpreting from what you know so far?
2: Oh, scouts are definitely ahead of they're they're gathering intel, as as what I what I think and probably what Zotha thinks too. Um but they're there to gather intel, they're there to act as spies, they're there to essentially inform the abalysts of like things happening so like they were probably there long before we got there and just waiting sort of for things to happen and so i think that um maybe they've been watching four guys you know for a while too but they're definitely ahead of something they're just there to gather intel and inform the abolis of the state of the city because we've seen the abolis plant people in other um, kingdoms and stuff, and so it definitely isn't above them to have people here too. So yeah, I, I think it's uh, had a of a big part of a big bigger scheme.
3: So I mean, I mean, like you've already kind of fed it to us a bit, right? By calling them scouts, that has a connotation that brings about, uh, like you, you know, you don't call them scouts if they're not scouting, right? Um, so I guess m- so. Most likely, there to provide some forward operating functionality um, that might be just to provide intel or maybe they did just arrive and maybe they started from the bottom up but they're going through and assessing the political situation um, and where we stand in that right they know our headquarters is there but maybe they don't know how in bed we are with the government Um, and maybe they're trying to assess everything so that way when they come for us they know what they're doing perhaps the scouts rightfully suggested like oh they don't they don't have any kind of relationship really with the crown at least not outwardly. so let's just go raid their headquarters while we're here and we can outmaneuver them and that's basically looks like what they were doing um just to get as much information that they do either confirm whatever jeb has and if they can confirm that it's true whatever jeb knows and that means that jeb's a reliable source of information for them which means they can start believing whatever else they've read his mind of and and stuff like that i i I kind of doubt that we're expecting a huge siege though i feel like josh has been hinting at one which makes me worried but yeah. i i don't it doesn't feel right and I, the only reason why i, I say that is because I, I I don't know gaim doesn't feel like it's been placed in a position that the, the babelith would want to take forcibly that way does that make sense
2: yeah i think gaim is also like in terms of location it's pretty ideal for just waiting out a siege and just like defending yeah the the way it's built seems like it's maybe built to withstand
1: Ooh, something like
3: that but think about it um okay so what do you do when there's a siege right one of the things that you can do to help push the people inside to surrender or give up sooner is the, the mongols resources. used to do this um, th- well, uh, that's that's obvious, right? You obviously. Did you say
0: my mom used to do this? Did your mom no, conduct sieges? Mongols, Mongols, oh, the Mongols.
3: Um, obviously, you cut them off, right? But the idea is that Gaim's so huge and probably has a huge reservoir. I would imagine being a dwarven city that it could survive a siege, and you'd be hard pressed to stop them from escaping through one way or another, right? They have mountain passes and all sorts of tunnels, and they can no, dig their way out. What you do is you plant disease right the mongols used to throw bodies with the plague over walls city walls to get the people defending the city sick so that way they would either die off or surrender from the amount of attrition they're suffering and what do we have happen in the mines we have all this sort of this weird thing going on where there's potential issues and that keeps people out of the mines which is a potential area to you know escape through um, but it also might spread a disease that might rush the the siege. It, it, I'm I'm not using the right words, but you get what I'm saying, right? I know what you're saying.
2: Yeah,
1: it's yeah. I get what it, you're saying. It's interesting. I Matt think, just gave Joss all the Vietnam no, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I I think it's interesting. Alan Allen was originally expecting not a full on siege, but not something so like clinical and precise as like like assassin droids coming in to like take people out like in the under the cover of darkness but i think alan after seeing the scouts and what they're capable of his eyes have been a little bit opened to oh the abolis could be coming at us in any way it could be a full-on siege it could be simply sending more of these scout type automatons in and using them to like just like precisely take out the people that they need to take out in order to weaken us, which is why when it's time to warn the queen, Alan's going to basically be like, you got to be ready for everything. We're so sorry for dumping this on you and bringing this to you. But like, this has got to be it. And also this is like, we, we need like, the, uh, somehow we need to find a safe place for Laredith and we need to leave that with you sadly you um, also
0: have a, a unique benefit in this scenario that you did not with Garlow which is that Laredith's greatest power is her intellect and she yeah. doesn't need her magic to access it like yeah. avatars of specifically Owara, her avatars earn their place they're not chosen yeah um, and you know there's there's a lot that maybe like if you leave Laredith here maybe Laredith can Assist in terms of, yeah. you know, even Tactics. predicting what the enemy are doing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot that maybe she can interpret. Um, so and, that's kind of an interesting situation, too. Yeah.
1: And then, along with Laredith, Alan is hoping to, I guess, hoping to Orwara. I was about to say, hoping to God, um, <laughs> that uh, the scouts haven't identified Laredith yet by based on the intel they gathered. I think there's a chance that they haven't, and there's an equal, like, it's like a 50 50 shot whether they have or haven't because well, she wasn't in the main group at the time that they were like that we like but went after them, but the
2: Abilus know. know we have her and that she's yeah, injured
1: and that we're here. So it's and probably so a pretty if, safe bet.
2: Unless, so if, if the scouts don't make it to the Abilus, then we're in a, in a better position. But if they do and they can communicate with the Abilus, that definitely, um,
1: yeah, that's that, that makes sense. They know we have her and they know we're here.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I don't think like her being secret is going to be something that mean that stays like we can probably keep it secret from the city but the ablers definitely know that she's with us and yeah. that we're here so it's it would it would reason to say that it's her um but yeah um it'll be interesting to see because we've never seen the full process of like ablers sort of infiltrating or planting someone in a city and so maybe this is like part of the process like the scouts are the first things and then mm-hmm. they determine sort of the political Somewhere
0: in aboleth is flipping through a handbook yeah. with its tentacles
2: <laughs> you know yeah
3: and it is important to keep in mind if we look at the tactics the aboleth has been using right um very political I, it has been very surgical political and patient right um it doesn't mind implanting people you know into society and slowly building connections so that way then it can pull off a dramatic Power switch that then nobody will ever Notice imagine that dinner party If we weren't there they would have Taken over uh, and enslaved Like very important people All with No one ever knowing what happened mm.
0: Including caitlin daughter of Salem, Princess of gaim yeah correct Which is the one in we have There's um, just
2: have a, Hasn't been a good way But zoth wants to he has the letter Um <laughs>
0: Can I, can I share something kind of cool uh, here yes, for a second? Yes, absolutely. So my my dad uh, is one of the most intelligent people I know. He has been writing scripts that procedurally render things in Blender, like 3D rendering, and oh, that's he asked cool. if he could take a shot at Gaim. And has this, he been listening to the podcast? This image I share. He's been getting updates from me. He texts me cool. from time to time and goes, tell me what's happening in your D&D podcast. Oh, that's nice. But this is Ooh. a render of Gaim. And especially with, you know, I remember Jake saying, like, this one's a hard one to visualize just because of how mm-hmm. unique it is in its construction. So I just thought I would share share this picture because it's really cool. Um, and also maybe it will help, help kind of visualize, you know, the way the pendants are and the big arched bridges between them and the pillars that stretch the whole way down to the first tier. And you can see, like, the kind of different heights and then the residential districts built into the walls. Yeah, that is um, cool. That so- looks really good um yeah and this one he was like yeah so this is like a mock-up don't like take this one too seriously i gotta dial in like the lighting and the materials and stuff it's like yeah all right whatever um (laughs) so but anyway so there's there's kind of a a visualization of gaim for you um i i think it's pretty neat looking um another challenge for Hmm. me in dming this adventure has been Laredith, in that Laredith is this, like, in a literal sense, god-tier intelligent being, mm-hmm. but also my job as the DM is to shine the spotlight on you, the players. So it's like, how involved do I get her in these situations? Yeah. Um, and so that's been kind of a weird balance to strike, where it's like, okay, like she knows a lot and she can infer a lot and she can do a lot, but also like she's recently been through hell and she has, you know, her her wings yeah. were ripped off and like there's a recovery process. So it's like, how do I balance it being worth it? in the short term but also not take the spotlight off of you as the players you know so like that's just as like a a gameplay perspective that's been something i've been kind of struggling with
1: yeah that would be tough especially when like if you have this like npc that's like godlike intelligence that can kind of like i I feel like there's like a temptation for like Laredith becomes the the video game hint machine and you don't want that you know like right. that's yeah. not as fun uh, but I think you've been balancing it well for me like that's it's helped yeah. that
0: nobody's really asked her anything
1: like because it would be <laughs> even, too it busy be, doing our own things it would be especially
0: hard if like Alan walked up to her with a broken piece of droid and was like what's this do and she'd be like well here's what it does you yeah. know well you maybe you've had he enough, will he has well, a broken I mean, piece of droid maybe he will now you've got plenty of broken pieces of droid now true Um, if you could just wake up (laughs) um but but yeah so that's been kind of an interesting like just gm tension to to deal with uh can
3: you tell me all of the plot that's happening (laughs) behind the scenes and and and
1: how we I'd solve it everything. i love if we could react. This is some really good reaction content. I think it's like really, you know, the whole react thing is like really reactive right now. I would love to react to Josh's campaign notes about the future yeah. sessions. Yeah. Here's
0: what here's what I'll do for you. I'm holding a percentile die in my Ooh. hand right now. Ooh. If I roll above a 90% on this percentile die, I will answer one non-game ruining question. What I mean okay. by that is I won't answer something like where is the rod? But I would answer something like where's a good place to start looking for a rod of seven parts or something, I you see. know what I mean? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go out and make the story meaningless because the journey matters more than the destination. Oh. Ooh, I already but,
3: got my question. Uh, but I'm gonna roll
0: I'm gonna roll right now. I'm doing it. You're gonna, you can I'm show doing us it. on the camera?
3: You just showing the dice? I don't
0: I don't have that camera up. Um, if it's a hundred, can we get two? Sure. Double down. Yes. Let's go. I'll give you two if it's a hundred.
2: Double down.
0: Ninety-eight.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: Really? Ninety eight. I kid the you. I'd show
0: you, but they'd be out of focus by the time I, I got here. guys, but the dice 98. gods love us. You team got model. one question. Team watches somewhere out there in the world. Like, I can't believe I missed this tavern talk. All right. Team all model. right.
3: All right. So hear me out, guys, right? Um yeah. we ask this is selfish of me purely because it's for my character
1: is <laughs> rescuing Jeb even possible oh okay okay here's another idea yeah we we maybe get a little bit more specific than that Ooh, okay right genie questions is, right is jeb still rescuable at the 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 lake the the sea the umbral sea oh. but that's just a, we don't want to ask a yes or no
2: question we, we need to get information
3: Mm, he no. didn't say we
2: couldn't ask a yes or no question. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say we couldn't. But if we just get yes or no, and that's our question, that's very
1: anticlimactic. Okay, okay. Uh, I I I disagree. But also, if we're not all agreed on the question, I don't want to do it. So we we need to agree. I just think question. we need to reword it.
3: I'm gonna go
0: okay. refill my mug with water while you have this conversation. <laughs> Perfect. A little
1: while.
2: This is
0: this is this is important.
3: Groundbreaking This could change
2: the. This is groundbreaking. Um. <laughs> Like, I just feel like there's a way to ask the question where we get more information than just, yes, just yes, Jeb is rescuable or no, Jeb isn't rescuable.
1: Okay. how? What's a good way to phrase okay, that okay. then? So, I, I'm working on it. Right? <laughs> now. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> we were working where, Or maybe Wayne. where... Oh, 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 oh. Okay, Sorry. Go you ahead, go first, go Matt. Then I... Oh, okay. Where... What... Or, okay. Where is the most ideal... What is the most ideal location to rescue Jeb from? Do you think that's an interesting... A different way of phrasing that? Ooh. That is interesting. Okay, yeah. Or um, if...
3: I was going to ask, we could like... Say... Weren't we working before this towards us going our separate ways?
2: No.
1: Well, maybe. We were we talking about, about it as a theoretical. Like, maybe... Yeah. maybe uh, We didn't decide. Yeah, like, maybe maybe Alan and Zoth go to, like, find Kay and, uh i think i don't know it's yeah.
3: important no matter what whatever we figure out doesn't change how our characters would feel yeah. i think that's important so but
1: yeah sure um, yeah, yeah yeah i don't yeah it's it's maybe it's a little bit more of like a curiosity thing yeah i don't know hmm. how do you think josh feels about conditional
2: statements because we could just keep tacking on conditionals
1: like, uh, a, like,
2: not gonna, like like if, not gonna like like if then statements. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have some nested for loops. You know, some recursion. Yeah.
3: If if Fox goes by himself, then could Julia? Oh, hello, Mrs.
2: Pugs. Whoa! Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. We're about to
3: get some answers. Yes, we're right? <laughs> gonna up with a good question. We're trying to come up Do with. Do you one. have
2: ideas?
5: I have had no thoughts because I only just heard this was going on. What are you guys oh. thinking?
3: So we're bringing up talking about Jeb, right? If we could somehow ask about Jeb, you know, like, is it possible? Would Where would we want to go? I guess That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah. So we're yeah, trying to figure out how to word it.
1: Yeah. The, the thing is, I proposed a question that is like basically something along the lines of, is it worth it to try to rescue Jeb from the Umbral Sea? But Trevor made a good point that there's, like, a yes or no question like that gets less answers or less information than a question that's that's phrased for, like, a full sentence statement. Gotcha. So then we were talking about maybe the question of, like, uh, where would be the most uh, strategically advantageous place to rescue Jeb from? hmm Or maybe even a question that Matt suggested, something about like, is it even worth it to try to rescue Jeb? Like it's like that sort of thing. This is where the conditional um, comes in, because it could be like,
3: is
5: there a If Jeb is
2: alive, where would we want to look for him?
5: Um, what came to mind first for me was whether the aboliths have some kind of weakness, but I feel like we've already done some history checks and kind of determined that that was not an obvious
1: it's mostly the they're, annihilation ritual
2: yeah their weakness okay. is the uh, the rod of seven parts and the uh, avatars all working together <laughs> their yeah.
3: weakness is flirting <laughs> <laughs> Really nice legs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're really envious of legs because they don't have any. Oh, this
5: is a good point. Or they have many. Depends on how you think about it. I don't
1: know if they have tentacles as legs. Yeah. Hmm.
5: They can't do the sorority squat. Okay. Okay. No. What? Not well. Okay. Back to topic. Um, Okay. So there's already a game plan for stopping the aboliths. So perhaps more tools to help you along the way would be most beneficial. I I agree that maybe number one tool is Jeb, Ooh. but I'm
2: super biased. What? But what? What? Also, but out. what happens to um Radford if
1: we do get Jeb back? Like, Radford how does that work? really want
5: to know. he will probably, really He'll so probably become more of a supporting that
1: character. Um, that would be my <laughs> guess. Like a uh, helping helping Alan in the process but of I love the, uh, repairing the ship kind of thing. So here I you know go. Radford's we'll make it great.
5: More exciting when he comes back. Yeah. Um. What is? Go ahead, Rogue.
1: The
3: most successful way, or the the most likely way, to rescue Jeb.
1: Ah, I think that's a great one. What is the most? Mm. What is? That's well for yeah. yeah, yeah, I like well, that. are
5: there are there any avatars that you have that that you have no information on, or that would require?
2: I'm pretty sure there are huge
5: leverage to get. We've been
2: tending to get clues as we solve other things. So I'm not too concerned about gathering every single bit of Intel
1: right now. Like we have, we also have, yeah, say we have tidbits on all of the avatars that are necessary for the ritual. If I remember correctly, I think we have, we have a, we have a, we have a a definitive lead on K we have a definitive lead on do Bumblefoot. And we have a vague idea of where the one that looks like a deer or whatever is. Setona. Setonia. Setonia. Yeah, yeah. Because Setonia gave us the visions, I think. Uh, going through old episodes, it's implied that Setonia gave us the visions. But yeah,
2: I, I like mm. I like the way you phrased that question, Matt.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm down
2: to go with that one. Is I... is Josh back?
5: He's here. Oh, he's oh, okay. always listening.
2: He's always um. listening. <laughs> Omniscient. Omniscient. He's,
5: Omniscient. he's the DM. Um, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm torn because I always want to play the devil's advocate and be like, okay, but if we get pigeonholed into into one thing, then we might not be looking at the bigger picture, but, um, I want Jeb back. (laughs) So I'm like, well, if the bigger picture fails, at least it fails with Jeb here. I think we should
2: replace everyone in the party with Wash's characters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think Wash should It'd just be, be like the party Shia and play LaBeouf four different characters. Music
5: video thing. Yeah, yeah. it's just everybody's Shia LaBeouf, except yeah. it. Grubbug saying Wash. hi, Julia. I
1: was gonna say Grubbug. Grubbug has a big crush on you. I can tell. Hi,
5: sweetheart. How are you?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. We
1: got great. our best My besties.
3: Homie. So, is that the question we want to go with? Then I think so. I agree. All right, and just to confirm, the wording mm-hmm. is. What is the most successful way to rescue Jeb that we can advantageous achieve? Most advantageous way to yep. rescue Jeb that we can achieve?
5: One one thing you could do and this is this is just a suggestion. I like what you have Uh-huh um, and I'll leave you alone in a sec. okay but, um, hey, doggo. the, the suggestion <laughs> the suggestion being that Hi, if there's a way to broaden Hi. it slightly. Hello hello, this dog woke me up at 3.30 in the morning and I've been oh, awake no. mostly ever since. She blamed me! Yeah, Lupin says it was Josh's fault. Josh says it was Lupin's fault. Neither of them are trustworthy, obviously. <laughs> okay, sorry. Lupin so says it's your fault. Your version is that um, we ask what the what the most likely success path for getting Jed back is. You might be able to broaden it slightly to what is the most likely success path for infiltrating... Um, the aboleth's borders or for getting inside you know for it, you you might be able to broaden it slightly if you think of it as like infiltrating their their headquarters or do they um, even have
2: a headquarters that's a, they have that, a, way I mean, that's that a potential you could, for a question
5: they have they 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 communicate do they communicate psychically like the myconids because they do no yeah. I don't even have authority to, to ask I mean, the question. I mean, they live but underwater, like, so... Is there a way that you could reverse their mental control and control them as a group? Anyway... I mean,
2: we, we already um, know about that. We have the, the blueprints for the device that... Yeah, which uh, we haven't I revisited. Maybe haven't been paying enough attention. No, no, no.
3: I think um, Julia was saying not just reverse it, but, like, straight up just be like, we've hacked into the neural network and we just, like, take over the aboliths Game over.
1: <laughs> I I think we become the aboliths. <laughs> <laughs> I've played a D&D campaign like that and it wasn't actually as fun as you expect. Um the uh I packing off limbs
5: is way more fun. You're totally yeah, right. Uh
1: I think I'm really I, I, I think it's more fun to go with the specifically how do we dress you gotcha. Jeb question. That's my that's my gut reaction. Because Same. it's such a big narrative question for us right now.
5: Gotcha. Um yeah, the I think the phrase I've heard before in a work-related capacity is like, um, is the juice worth the squeeze? (laughs) 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 So I was trying to figure out how you could squeeze a bigger fruit.
3: (laughs) I get you. I'm scared about going too generic and then him being like a genie and being like, "Yeah, all right, well, you give me vague, I give you vague. Bottles. That's fair. Bottles will solve (laughs) your problems. And we're like, what does that
5: mean? Josh says DMs are worse than genies.
2: Uh, oh. i disagree have you made i at least game? get to interact with josh outside of my three wishes
1: <laughs> that's true that's that's really mm-hmm. nice that's a great that's a great uh, aspect of that for sure well i think it's every time it's, it's time, time to I, answer the question it's time time to, to ask. ask the question so Matt, it
2: was your listen it was your idea so you you get to ask
3: Just it officially double, double confirming what is the most advantageous way that we can achieve to rescue Jeb? Is that what we want to go? There with? you go. Yes. Yes. That is it. All right.
0: Then that is yes. the question. The question was: What is the most advantageous way that we can achieve that we can go after Jeb? Is that correct? To that rescue, we can rescue Jeb. Jeb. That we can rescue Jeb. Yes. The most advantageous yes. way that we can achieve. To go after Jeb. Let me think about this. Yeah. I'm, go. For I'm going to make sure your answer. I'm going to make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. I just want to make sure that I because you, you, you rolled a ninety-eight. Things. I know there's only five percent chance you were going to get an answer to this question. I want to make sure it's worth your time. Um, at the same time, I want to be be fair in the fact that like every, much like um, Doctor Strange would say, like you know, every event you do now has an influence on a, on a bazillion many changing futures. So okay. the you know what might be the best <laughs> in this in this circumstance may not stay the best, but. What comes to mind for me, thinking through this question, is that the Aboleths are a creature that lives its whole life by 5D chess, and because of that idea, because they are so strategic, and Jeb is a new acquisition, I imagine it's unlikely that they have figured out a use for him yet. They would want to study him. I mean, getting information out of him is one thing, but figuring out how best to use him in a scheme they've been cooking up for literal eras is probably not something they've done in four days. So wherever he is right now, he's probably somewhere pretty heavily fortified. Um, The best way to go about rescuing him from somewhere heavily fortified is to subvert one of their 5d chess moves. Like, a bunch of pieces are moving autonomously right now in a plan that they've created eras ago. If you can subvert that and draw their attention to what are we doing on the front lines, the stuff that is in reserve and has not yet been carefully studied, that's going to get set down for the moment while they recover or they recuperate. So if there's some way to disrupt Mm. their machinations, then the aboleths are going to obviously turn their attention back to that because this plan is huge and they can't let it go to the wayside jake <laughs> they,
3: jake's molting over there
0: <laughs> jake's molting i That's have an jake's idea doing. all okay. i can and is that it josh are you still I, well aware? i'm still thinking i'm just trying to make okay. sure i was i was clear on like i did all the right answers yep. We're yep, right getting pieces. free
5: information. Never pause it. <laughs> let <laughs> yeah. it. Let it go on as yeah, long as we don't interrupt the DM
0: while he's answering questions on a 98. Um, <laughs> you, so you asked, what is the best way? We've talked about the best way to try and get Jeb for you specifically. Um, the, you considered asking this but didn't, but it's tied into the question. It would be possible. It is possible in the world for you to recover Jeb. Um, so... There's that Okay. You can have that for free. Okay. You kind of already knew that since you already have the bop policy. Um, yes. Yeah. But, the, you know, it, it is possible to break the Aboleth's mind control. Um, And, yeah. It's not super I think difficult either. that concludes either. my answer to your question. Okay. You may discuss yeah. as you like. ABB so uh, always mean, be maybe,
1: maybe it is the right thing to split the party and gather up some hirelings and send... Well. Send Fox to the to yeah. to, the, to the to 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 rescue, and the rest of us to 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 get do Bumblefoot. But we don't like, have a place. We don't have a place. Oh, like Josh didn't give us a place. Yeah, we don't know yes, where that would that's, be. That's that's fair. That's fair. I think one can somewhat imply that the heavily fortified place he's implying, especially since it's only been four days, would be. The Umbral Sea.
3: Even if it's not, it's 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 a classic like crime case, right? You go to the scene of the crime, you pick up what clues you can, and if it leads somewhere else, you go follow that trail. All,
2: all so, I can think of yeah. though is is the Lord of the Rings like um what's the word? Uh like it's synonymous with in terms of like when Sam and Frodo are like
1: marching the ring and it's like, we need to distract oh, the eye. And so that's they bring so cool and Epic and, and would be so cool to add to this campaign. I think that's so fun.
2: And so they, so the, the, the rest of the, um, the fellowship, like gathers what army they can and just like be the distraction. Yeah.
0: Sadly, that's, that's what I'm I don't thinking think of. rescuing Jeb is worth burning all of our alliances. That's what I was grinning about just now is I agree with the metaphor, but I think this specific party would do it backwards where they'd oh, be yeah. like the ring to Mordor is rescuing Jeb and then banishing the avalets is the distraction. <laughs> it's just, let's make it look like we're trying to banish the avalets, but really well,
1: regardless, I think that there's maybe a bit like when it comes time to, to, to debate, for characters to debate on strategy and what the next move is, maybe there's a little bit more merit than Alan originally thought to splitting the party in this scenario, especially now that Josh has made it clear that there's there's mechanics to make it more interesting and more fun and narratively satisfying. And it also... Some of my favorite fantasy series operate under that narrative structure. Lord of the Rings is a big one. I don't know if any of you guys have ever read The Wheel of Time. The no. Wheel of Time was notorious for splitting the party narratively. And they had such, like, far apart plot threads throughout the entire series that by the time it reached the, the, the second to last and last book, a lot of people were like, how in God's name are they going to tie this together? Like, how is this going to happen? But It worked. But yeah, oh, maybe I have to read that. It's pretty good. It's it's interesting because the last two books are actually written by a different author than the first eight because the author passed away, um, like oh. un, un, unexpectedly, but was able to like transcribe a lot of like his notes and stuff. So Robert Jordan wrote the first eight books. And Sanderson and then, wrote the rest. Yeah, right? Brandon Sanderson wrote the last two. Um, very good. There's a there's a show on Amazon. I think the first season is decent. Um, the se- second season's coming out sometime this year, but yeah okay
2: i think like it's good to know out of game i don't think i I, like i'll try not to let it affect me in game with decisions we're operating
3: as as josh said this is murky mirror um yeah
2: yeah oh is this like technically this is divine
3: knowledge knowledge that has been implanted within our brains we've
0: just talked about a bunch of ways you haven't utilized Laredith. it's not unreasonable to assume that that this could have come up in a conversation with her Um, but yeah, I, the, the only kind of metagaming that I am really genuinely against is during a D and D session coming up against a monster and Googling its stat block, because honestly, I generally don't follow their stat blocks exactly as written because our world is so different. So like things have changed or the monster has changed or your levels are wrong or the scenario is different or it would be fun for the bit or like whatever, you know? The, the monsters are usually not exactly as written. So like that kind of stuff doesn't make any sense for you. Yeah. But yeah. It, and in, it's
1: lame. But it you remember
0: something, <laughs> like I think it was Wash who was like, oh man, I painted a mini of an Aboleth like a year ago and read the chapter about it. Like, do I need to pretend I don't know that? And I was like, no, whatever you can remember from a year ago, maybe your character read somewhere in the yeah. world, you know? Um, I don't care about that stuff. I just don't want you deliberately looking to subvert no, the narrative with not. outside knowledge. So, yeah i said subvert a lot in the past five minutes i was I gonna know. say like, something like, right, every my own here. expectations here, of here the comes that subvert.
2: financial advice again every time josh says subvert <laughs> invest 100 dollars, and you'll real financial advice say stop yeah. Yeah. this is not
3: this is not legal advice Is not financial advice We <laughs> are not your financial
2: advisors <laughs> um, but we could be
3: no, we, we can't.
2: <laughs> please join us maybe. on our next <laughs> Please join us on our next stream tomorrow Wing Badger
1: Finance. Oh, For the cost God. of one
0: subscription, we will we will be your financial <laughs> <Exactly>. advisors. <laughs> yeah, subscribe um, more. That's, that's our financial That's illegal. Advice.
1: That's actually illegal. Uh,
0: <laughs> Is it really? Is that actually
1: illegal? I think that's that's some sort of fraud. Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be back next Monday with the next thrilling installment of the Winged Badger Tavern Dungeons and Dragons podcast in which we find out if oh. Zothkug and Fox will be as successful against scout droids as Owlin and Radford recently were. Which and perhaps, successful
1: for Owlin is a stretch.
0: Well, he killed it. So it's <laughs> true. It's he, just a low alive, bar. And as dead. successful as Owlin is just a low bar. It's still, you know, <laughs> yeah. Fox is going in one legged. Uh, so, well, I guess one and a half legged um, with. Wow. Ironically named Shadow Walker. <gasps>
4: uh-huh. uh, anyway,
0: we're going to find out what happens with all that stuff next week. And Peace. until Whoa. then, from. What? No, I was just saying. Whoa!
3: I was oh
1: my like, okay. god! It's just a good reaction. All right. <laughs> that was you're, just trying to add some emotion. You're a little bit like when
0: you like hit X on the NPC a bunch of times, and so the voice line buffers for like a minute, and then afterwards
1: the voice line like
0: you're already walking already away. The conversation Whoa! <laughs> from all of us here at Wing Badger Gaming GG's and GN goodbye
4: (laughs)